Chapter 13 We need to go after him. We must! Zora pleaded with Laika as the head warrior mused over the situation. I may not be able to stand the guy, but what Jada said is right. And perhaps I've been too hasty in my judgment. Head warrior, Tamina will kill him. Based on his story, she clearly holds a blood vendetta against him. All of this might be because of that. And even if he deserves to die for his sins, such an event will leave the sky at a great disadvantage in which the Order will be the default ruler until the next eleven. We may never have another royal on our side. We need him. I understand all of this, Zora. I do, Lyka sighed. But he made a clear choice to leave, and I am not one to stand in the way of anyone on a mission with a brave heart. Remember our argument about this when you insisted on climbing the sky towers? I believed it would be certain death, and we did lose a soul who was precious to us both. But I don't regret my decision to approve the mission because each of you wholeheartedly committed. I also chose to trust you because your sister was at the top of those towers, and I would never stand in the way of such a reunion. And now, his sister is on the other side of the city. This is different, Zora cried as the rest of the group's volume rose in agreement. When Laika had the unusual reaction of slamming her fist on the table, it was clear this wasn't up for debate. Vlad is the king of the Sky Colonies, and his sister is the enemy of the Earth Calls. If anyone has a chance to call her off, it's him. In the meantime, we need to focus. We need to negotiate with Elian. Her patience has likely worn very thin since we've last been in that room. If Vlad fails and Elian has a way to stop the creatures, call them off or destroy them, we must be open to this arrangement and pray that Vlad finds a better way before that happens. Zora knew that Laika was right. She nodded at the head warrior after sharing her unspoken surrender with the rest of the group. Um, Zigil started. I get the impression you want all of us to confront the High Priestess, and I'm not sure it's a good idea for my grandmother to see me with you. I don't know if that will help or hurt your, uh, negotiations. Well, I won't force you, of course, but know that it will certainly help. Laika smiled gently at the young priestess. See, it may be possible to get Elian to put all her cards on the table if she believes you've already revealed most of them. There won't be a reason for her to mask her true intentions anymore. That way we can know what we're getting into here. But, Zigil, this is not the kind of pressure I wish to put on a child. I offer you my protection instead. I am not a child, Zigil exclaimed, and Milo nodded in agreement. Sure, my grandmother is the scariest person I know, but I left the order because I believe in this cause and in Jael. Plus, I have Milo and Zena and all of you. I am not alone. Take me with you. Inspired by Zigil's bravery, the group banded together and followed the head warrior into the conference room where Elian, Toma, and the weaponized men from the order sat. Elian's expression fell further as each unexpected person entered. But the shock upon it when Zigil came in with Zeno was the most satisfying moment Zigil had ever experienced. Riding on the wave of the curveball, Zigil was the first to speak. Hello, Grandmother. I hope this isn't too awkward for you, but you know, when Jael speaks, we must indeed listen. And when Jael personally told me what she desired of me as her servant, I complied. The blood drained from Elian and Thomas' faces as Elian stammered. What? You? No. There is no way. There is no way. Except that is indeed the case, Laika responded while sitting at the head of the table. And further to Jael's request, Zigil provided the group from the sky with the critical information we all needed to assess your intentions. Now that there is no reason to pretend you have the best of them anymore, why don't you tell us what it is you really want? Rage punctuated every twitch in Elian's body 
as she spat out her unveiled position. You thought bringing my stupid granddaughter here would be in your favor? I was at least gifting you with the grace of ignorance, but if you'd prefer to hand over the earth calls with your tail between your legs, I will happily oblige. Here's the deal, the only deal. Surrender to me in law, and I will rid the earth of the creatures. Your remaining population will be the servants of the order and will enable our technological advancements by providing the raw materials and manpower we need as we completely take over every sky city from the royals. There is no other negotiation and you have no other choice. This much we know you know. Lyca looked at the agitated group and then at her fellow warriors. She searched for understanding in their eyes that the lives of the people were more than worth the loss of the battle today. She hoped they knew she would continue to fight the bigger war for freedom thereafter. Ignorance is not a gift but a curse. Thank you for your truth, regardless of its darkness. You have yourself a deal on the condition that you can prove this weapon will destroy the creatures. One demonstration, and our agreement will become law. Tamina stood still as the creatures paced back and forth around her. Tapping her fingers against her folded arms, she narrowed her eyes as who she believed was an apparition appeared in the distance. He was tall, with a strong stride, a straight back, and a frowning face. He then caught sight of her, pausing only for a moment before continuing his walk with somewhat unsteady steps. Vlad, Tamina whispered. Every creature snapped up, turning with an alerted gaze in the direction of her focus. Then, whispers and growls rose from the rabbit pack. Tamina knew why. This, her brother's appearance on the earth, was not a part of her agreement with Elian. It was the prize for when Tamina had held up her side of the bargain, and Elian did not seem like one for giving early rewards. The bloodlust climbed to Tamina's throat the closer her brother vented. She knew she was meant to wait for Elian's signal to either resume their killing or head directly to the Sky City to kill Vlad and as many royals as she pleased. Still, why wait? especially when this is what she'd wanted all along. She would still uphold her end. Tamina's fingers tapped with increased speed. The thought of satisfying her revenge fueled her unappeased hunger. Feed? Acritus sought clarification from Tamina, sharing her cravings amid the anticlimactic pause. She wanted to say yes. Everything in her begged for this dark indulgence to take over. Yet, the unpredictability of Vlad's appearance was too uncanny to take for granted. No. Tamna eventually resigned. Not yet. Let's play with our food for a minute. Tamina! Vlad shouted to her as he entered an audible range. I'm so sorry for what I did to you. I'm so sorry for what it has made you become. But this, this can't be the solution, my sister. I beg of you, please end this merciless war. As he drew closer, Vlad was soon within three leaps of Tamina's nearest creature. A smug smile pulled on the edges of her lips. He would never be able to escape, even if he tried. However, as their eyes locked, a vaguely familiar emotion rippled over Tamina's soul. The sounds of laughter with plots to escape her guarded room as a child filled her memories. Shaking them off, she refocused all her energy on the day he'd abandoned her on the earth. Stupid move, brother, thinking that coming here to talk to me would make a difference for their lives or yours. Not my life, Vlad immediately retorted. Just theirs. Only theirs. Tamina, my life is yours for whatever you wish. I submit myself to the punishment I deserve, even to death. But these people, they've done nothing. 
And whatever agreement you have with Elion, you can't trust her, Tamina. It's a trap. She will use you to get the power she wants, and then she will destroy and discard you by any means necessary. She has weapons she plans to use. Discard me! Tamina burst into laughter. Don't you see? There are no weapons on this planet that can hurt my creatures, and they will never allow anyone to hurt me. Elion couldn't use me even if she tried, and if she were to try, she too would meet her end. Her failures will only add to our feast, and as to your failures, well, you already know your fate. Then, Tamina grabbed her knife that was still in a nearby warrior's dead body, pulling it out slowly while trailing her eyes on Vlad. She raised the knife to her mouth, letting the drops of blood tease her lips before licking it savagely with glee. Vlad looked like he wanted to throw up, but he didn't avert his stare. Instead, his expression turned to one of tearful compassion, enraging Tamina even further. Don't you dare pity me, Vlad! You were supposed to be dessert! But if you keep this up, you'll get to be the appetizer before we kill every remaining man, woman, and child on the earth! She screamed at him, but he kept shaking his head with love towards her, repeating the words, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Tamina couldn't take it anymore. With a blood-curling screech, she suddenly broke her ranks and ran towards Vlad, knife held high in the air. He didn't move. He didn't even blink. Instead, he opened his arms widely towards Tamina's rapid approach. She lunged at him, ripping the knife through the wind and straight into his chest. No! Vlad heard a cry echo in the distance as the blade penetrated his skin. Pain exceeding his capacity to feel then gripped his body. The adrenaline poured in and a strange numbness took its place. He saw himself falling backwards in slow motion with Tamina on top of him, their eyes still locked in the horror of what their lives had become. He crashed to the ground and she landed on top of him, both hands now having pushed the knife as far in as it could go. There, within that moment, time slowed to a stop. Then, Jael spoke. Tamina, you have become the darkness of this world, but you must also be its light. As the blood trailed out of Vlad's mouth and down his cheek, he weakly repeated Jael's last words to Tamina. Be its light. Shock overcame his sister. You, you can hear her? You hear Jael? She stammered with a desperate tone much like the sister Vlad had once known, but then the confusion clouded her with rage. You've heard her all this time, and you still let them banish me? Vlad didn't need to respond. Jael hadn't left the frozen moment in time. He did not. My servant Senna, who some may know as a sphere, has been working for many years to reopen my frequency to all, and to increase the length of my connections. Your brother was among them but he is different from you and the few others born with this gift. My cities are beings portaled from worlds away into the wombs of their human mothers, born without the memories of who they once were, born to save this planet together and give all access to the spirit. You may not remember who you are, Tamina, but I do. It is why I will never give up on you, even when you've given up on yourself. Senna was able to achieve progress on an individual level for a few more to hear me so that I could guide them to help all humans in the War of Wars, the war that you have embodied, and then save them from the massive destruction that is yet to come. Yet to come? Tamina huffed. So if you already know that you cannot divert me from this path, why, why won't you give up on me? Why do you still try to talk to me? 
because without you, they will not be saved. You will soon be the last hope of humanity, but you must choose the light that has also chosen you. This is not the first time you've forgotten who you are, Terminal, but it can also become a time you remember once again. Shael's voice faded as the seconds seemed to resume. Tamina felt the decade-long dullness of her senses inching away with the softening echoes of the goddess's words. She stared down at her hand still clenched over the knife, trying to perceive what had changed. Tamina was feeling things, things she'd thought she would never feel again, and things she'd never felt before, all merged into a searing pain in her head. Suddenly it dawned on her that the knife was no longer lifting and falling with Vlad's irregular breaths. Slowly trailing her focus to her brother's eyes, she saw the last bit of life drain from them while still regarding her with so much love and understanding. He'd heard Jael's final words as he'd taken his final breath. No, Tamina muttered, jarringly awakened from the deadly fog that had poisoned her mind for so long. No, she repeated falling back from Vlad's dead body as overdue nausea punched her stomach with awareness. No! The distant cry echoed once again. Tamina flew up from the ground to see a group standing with Elian. She recognized their faces from the dreamscapes the Cretius had provided her mind to catch glimpses of the activities of the sky. She'd been able to keep an eye on crucial developments in the sky callers as well as those humans who were of importance to her brother. It was the one called Jada whose pain had reached her ears. The one whose conflicted affection she'd seen towards Vlad, an affection that was wholly returned. Her spying had allowed her to make Jada a special target in her plans to inflict pain upon Vlad. However, this spying had been limited, as it was energetically costly to the creatures. Still, once they'd fed off the crystals whenever Jael spoke, the ones that appeared to them as sparkles around her body, they could conjure more insights in exchange. Now, these very crystals radiated in abundance around her as the creatures drew closer, excited for a taste. It was then that Tamina spotted a small, floating sphere with a younger girl. Zena. It was the sphere that had opened the channel between her brother and Jael, the very one that had managed to open her hardened heart towards Vlad. Tamina had long blamed Jael for her family's rejection. While she'd once been proud of her inexplicable spiritual connection as a child, She'd grown to hate her ability to hear Giles' words due to the heavy cost she'd borne. Being the outcast and soon the abandoned one for a curse she'd never asked for had sown an inescapable self-hatred within the young princess. Ultimately, it was the goddess upon whom she'd sought revenge, but with no access to the Goldberg sphere and no way to shut out her voice, waging this war and murdering her brother with the closest she could get. Yet... Her brother being able to hear Jael had also been her greatest wish as a child. She'd prayed night after night for him to share this with her so together they could help everyone. The closeness she'd felt in the seconds he'd repeated Jael's words to her had been the most comfort Tamina had ever felt. She'd been alone for so long and had blamed Jael for it, but now by her own hands she was alone again. Pain ripped through Tamina as she screamed and sobbed. The creatures jumped back thrown by the unexpected outburst from their beloved leader. Still, the crystals were swirling around her, so they inched closer once again with a rare timidity. Stop, Tamina ordered with a breaking voice, turning to them and holding her hand in the air. Confused, one cried, Crystal feeding! Wondering if Tamina hadn't realized she was hosting the only substance tastier than blood. Before Tamina could respond, 
The creature suddenly shuddered at the sight of something lurking behind her. She spun around to see Elian and Toma standing with the men holding the very weapon they'd agreed she wouldn't use on the earth calls. Tamina had told Elian that it would destabilize the very foundations of the planet, bringing down the sky calls upon everything below. Before Tamina could stop her, the weapon blasted off, and half of the creatures within its range dissipated into dust. The others broke ranks and charged towards everything and everyone. And then, the earth began to shake.